0: 11 Chicago. Trey dives to the hole. 12.1. Trey for three. Murder. Didn't just mean anything there. And the lob. Trey finding Capella. Trey pulls. Is three more good? Feeds is Still a problem. Vujovic. Not available behind the back for Trey to Kevin. the top for three, 105 to 100, Disubu, having a hard time today with Trey, and he flips it in, waiting in D.C. on two days of rest, Hawks in a back-to-back, Trey, got it, Quarter. Trey with a head fake, three ball, good Trey Young, Kobe White defending, Trey, side cleared out for good it! Three! Jump, fine. Watch his move right here. Fake the pass to him. Mm. Back to yourself, DeRozan. Bye bye. Look at this. Look at this. Even, Let you know that he, listen, he's taking off. Clear runway. Clear runway. Steven Adams, new season high, seventeen rebounds. Gets the screen, drives, hangs, gets another one in the lane, 40 for John Morant.
1: Welcome to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings DraftKings.com. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code WMVP. You know, March Madness is right around the corner. There's already conference tournament games taking place. You should be in all the action for the NCAA tournament coming up, the conference tournaments now, and of course, the NBA action, because sooner or later, and much sooner than later, we will have NBA playoffs I am Jonathan Hood And basketball is Hood Thanks so much for downloading the podcast Whether it's the ESPN Chicago app On Spotify Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you got this podcast. Thanks so much for downloading. If you love basketball, you have come to the right place, as the big voice guy said. And by the way, I have a very, very special announcement for you. Before we hear from our guest Travis Wecker our crazy Milwaukee Bucks fan that works in our office at ESPN One Thousand, loves his Bucks, Bulls, and Bucks as we record this here on uh, Friday morning, March Fourth. So we're looking forward to seeing what the Bulls can do. So, starting off this podcast, you heard. Low lights if you're a Bulls fan of the last three games because the last three games have been losses for the Chicago Bulls. Um, the loss against the Miami Heat, the latest game that the Bulls played. Take it back as the Hawks losing to them one thirty to one twenty four. Then the Heat before that one twelve to ninety nine, and the Memphis Grizzlies uh, at the United Center one sixteen to one ten. before that, the Bulls want to roll. They beat the Hawks, the Kings, the Spurs, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, and the Hornets. So I don't have to go through chapter and verse what the Bulls record is um, against teams that are over 600, over 550 to 600, as far as the winning percentage is concerned. It's not good. It is bowling shoe ugly. It's bad. But my thought on the Bulls is this. It's what I've told you a lot here on this podcast. I believe the Bulls are a playoff team, and they will be a playoff team. But the one thing that I will not do is to tell you, well, the reason why the Bulls can't beat the Hawks and the Heat and the Grizzlies and why they're in a free fall right now, the reason why the Bulls couldn't beat the 76ers or the Suns or the Raptors uh, as of late is because, well, they just don't have Lonzo Ball. Oh, they just don't have Patrick Williams. They just don't have Alex Caruso. That's just bullshit. It just is. It's a reason, but it's not the reason why the Bulls are losing these games. The Bulls are losing these games is because they are just not good enough defensively. It's as simple as that. They're just not good enough defensively as of late. And they've been able to win 39 games, 39 and 24 as we record this here on Friday. And I take nothing away from those victories because it takes a DeRozan. It takes a Levine. It takes Vucevic. It takes bench scoring to be able to get to where the Bulls are right now. But my point is, is that as you move forward through the season, you just got to be better defensively. You're not going to get resistance at the rim from Nikola Vucevic. We know that. I like the signing of Tristan Thompson, but that's a, a... veteran that's been there and done that and he's going to give you some rim protection but that's not necessarily uh, like one of the tops that i not bam out of bio in there that's going to be a shot blocker shot rearranger for you on the inside so you have to realize what the bulls are the bulls are, are a team that can win without lonzo ball because they have won without lonzo ball that's no excuse The Bulls are a team that can win without Alex Caruso because they have won a number of games without Alex Caruso. Patrick Williams is a great unknown. When I hear people bring up Patrick Williams, like, well, if the Bulls had Patrick Williams, man, I mean, this would be, well, we know he's a defensive player. And we know that he's just 20 years of age. But, I mean, again, just because there's parallels of what he could be, his ceiling could be Kawhi Leonard. But we don't even know that yet. So I'm, I, I'm not in the excuse business in a major market like Chicago. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not wired that way because I know what good basketball looks like. I know what good teams look like, excellent teams, a perennial playoff teams, championship teams. I lived through one with the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, right? I've seen it happen with the San Antonio Spurs. I've seen this happen with the Golden State Warriors as of late. and you know, a lot of teams that LeBron's been on, the Lakers and the Celtics in the 80s. You know, I've seen what championship teams look like when they're always on the precipice or actually knock down the championships or run is in a certain market, a run of championships in a certain market. So when I see the Bulls, I see a Bulls team without a mega superstar. And that's where you are today in the NBA. There is no Giannis Antetokounmpo on this team. There is no James Harden. There is uh, no Kevin Durant. No, there is no Joel Embiid. So the the point is, when I look at this basketball team, I'm so happy that DeMar DeRozan is even in the MVP conversation because he deserves it. I see an article here I saw earlier today and I hope that you check it out from the Athletic. I got papers everywhere. Hold on. I want to make sure that you guys get a chance to see this if you have a moment. Uh, And that is... From John Hollinger, yes, John Hollinger, mid-range Messiah DeMar DeRozan morphs into mid-career Dirk in rarest of NBA seasons, and they break down DeRozan's mid-range game, in the Toronto years, the San Antonio years, and where he is now with the Bulls. It's a really good article. Hope you get a chance to enjoy. If you're a Bulls fan or just love the league like I do, check it out. Uh, a great piece by John Hollinger, who's really into uh, a lot of a deep dive of numbers and interesting. Uh, angles on certain players and teams. So it's really good. I, w- I just want to point that out. Because DeMar DeRozan, I'm happy that he's in the MVP conversation. But the one thing that I don't get is that the Bulls, especially this last game against Atlanta at State Farm, just how the Bulls are standing around just watching DeRozan, right? Whether it's Vucevic or Levine or DeSumo or um Thompson, White, they're just kind of looking at DeRozan like, oh, you know, DeRozan is going to have these fourth quarter exploits. He's going to save us, right? And it's, it can't be reliant on one guy. They took on a Hawks team that was red hot with Trey Young. Trey Young was the most impressive guy on the floor the other night against the Bulls. Trey Young was perfect from the foul line. He was seven and nine from three. He scored thirty nine points and thirteen assists. And and so he was the best player on the floor. Bulls don't even have a Trey Young, but they do have a savvy veteran like DeRozan. They have an up and coming star Superstar and Zach Levine. You do have Vucevic, who's a walking double double, and he walks to the door. You do have Kobe White coming off the bench. You have Dasumu learning on the job. Like he'll score, but he's learning every night against some of the elite point guards, the lead guards in the league. And he's getting blown by because Dasumu, he can stay in front of his man for a certain amount of time, but he needs help. Green's a nice role player for the Bulls, but I think ultimately, the Bulls just have to continue to play their best basketball. But again, defensively, right? Every team goes through injuries. Uh, you know, I, I, again, if you just watch Bulls basketball, you just focused on the next opponent, that's one thing. But as I look at the league and I'm watching games on the package and I'm watching games on network television, there's a number of teams that's going through it. And you have to lick your wounds. When your guys come back, you got to be ready to go. Because I know the next excuse is if the Bulls get bounced too early in the playoffs. Well, you know, Lonzo of is just coming off of injury. Well, you know, Patrick Williams coming off a very serious injury. Well, well, I mean, who knew what was going to happen with Alex Caruso? No, either you have the personnel or you don't. The Bulls have scoring. Here's how I know they got enough scoring: they had 124 points against the Hawks. Only problem is they gave up 130. It's as simply as I can put it, here's Billy Donovan:
2: Got to pivot, stay in front, try to force people to shoot over us. Has got to get better. And then I thought to start the third quarter, you know, that's when it all started. We just didn't get off to a very good start at all. And, um, you know, again, I like the balance of what we did offensively. I like the fact that we had 30 assists. I mean, we scored 61 with 62 points there. And I think in that second half, we got outscored by 13 or 14. I mean, 74-point half. And, you know, again... Those shots for Demar just didn't go tonight, and for most of the year, to your point, he's made those shots. And you know, I've kind of been talking about this: some of those shots don't go in. You know, at Indiana, at Washington, those are different games, and you kind of, when you win, you kind of don't. Stuff kind of disappears. And I, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about it, and you know, Demar got the same kind of shots that he's been getting in the lines of the games, making, didn't make it. I don't think it had really anything to do with Demar's shots. I think it had everything to do with. We couldn't come up with rebounds, free throw line, couldn't come up with a rebound. On the long three, they got it back and made a three. Um, You know, there was just a lot, a lot of breakdowns. We fouled entirely too much. Um, You know, the game was obviously close, but the discrepancy, the free throw line was was really bad. And generally when you see a discrepancy like that, I think coaches complain, you know, and sit there and say, how can it be? You know, we fouled, we fouled. And we gotta be better and more disciplined. We got guys jumping through the air shot fake discipline and rebounding we talked about before the game things you can control i think we did a pretty good job we fouled too much we showed it and talked about it at halftime at the end of the second quarter but they kind of continued that way throughout the game and we've got to have way way better habits um you know against elite teams and i think that you know we're learning the tough way of all these little you know lessons so to speak um I thought we were much better. I thought we made some strides in that first half. I was really pleased with what we played. Like I said, outside the, the fouling, but the third quarter, the way we came out—that's just you know—you you you have to be able to sustain a level of focus and concentration, discipline for the full forty-eight minutes, and, and we just didn't do that. And they're too good of an offensive team to do that against because they're gonna they're gonna hurt you. And obviously, the three-point line with Trey Young coming down the stretch really hurt us. And he he made his, and Demar didn't make his, but there was so much more to the game than those shots, in my opinion.
0: What did you? Do? Yeah, about this, about this, about the uh, interest. Yeah, we yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, talked about it. Have you thrown in the last couple of
2: days? She's throwing us tonight because of their size. You saw something? Yeah, I, I, I just thought we needed some physicality, you know, around the basket. I thought we needed to be a, more. interesting, you know, obviously that's who he is, and he's going to bring a motor and energy um we talked about it yesterday at practice um you know i talked to those guys it wasn't uh, i didn't put a lot of stuff in there was a few things we talked about running um i think both those guys being veteran guys they can figure out how to play off each other but the biggest part is you know how how do we start off then they can play off each other so you know again i it was the first time we did it i think it's something we can look and go to um you know, Tristan's obviously going to be a roller, and he's going to play around the basket. And it gives him an opportunity to, to offensive rebound. I think it's something we just got to take a look at. And I thought there was an opportunity tonight, you know, when um, when Gallo was out there and Hunter was out there that we can maybe take a look at it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought when Tristan came off the bench in the third quarter, we kind of got down by eight quickly. I think they had scored 28 points like in the first eight minutes of the quarter. And, you know, they ended up, I think, at 34 for that quarter. But I thought when he came in, we, not that we got regained control of the game, but we got back in the game. We got up by two, up by four. But, you know, we just we just didn't sustain enough defense. And I did that to get him out there to hopefully he could give us maybe a little bit of an anchor there defensively.
1: Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Chicago Bulls. And don't forget, this podcast brought to you by DraftKings, DraftKings.com, use a promo code WMVP. And, again, for the NBA, for the college – Basketball tournaments for the NCAA tournament is perfect. Check it out at DraftKings.com. Yeah, you know, some of the things that Billy Donovan said that we just heard made sense to me. Um, you know, the Bulls only had seven free throw attempts in that game against Atlanta. Seven free throws. And Atlanta had 28. Now, the reason why I point this out is because the Bulls were not driving the ball to the basket. You know, the free throws, that's, I mean, you have seven free throw attempts to their 28. That doesn't mean the ref's screwing you. That means you're screwing you if you're the Bulls. You're not going to the basket. You're not dictating the pace. Remember, you're the team that's on the road. More times than that, you're gonna you're not going to get all the calls. But the team that's the most aggressive, more times than that, will be able to get whistles. And when you're a jump shooting team, when you're... 14 for 26 from three. That's great. However, on the other side, you get Trey Young going 7 for 9 by himself. Bogdanovich going 4 for 10 for himself from three. And so that's really the difference in the ball game. You're not going to outshoot Trey Young. It's it's very hard to do to try to outscore him, especially when he gets hot from three. He's a microwave like that, right? Bogdanovich coming off the bench gave gave uh, the Atlanta Hawks starter minutes, and he had 20 points on 4 of 10 shooting from three. So, I mean, the, the Bulls hurt themselves in that regard, right? As far as them not being able to get to the foul line, you have to some, sometimes slow the game down. Everything cannot be a three-pointer from the outside. And then standing around looking at DeRozan, that's the thing that irked me the most from the Bulls' standpoint in that game against Atlanta. I don't think it's a flash in the
3: pan, uh, but I don't also don't think they're going to win a championship. I think they're here for a few years. And then, you know, as DeMar DeRozan is, is fantastic as this year is, um, once you start creeping up to your 13 and 14 and 15, um, you know, that, that father time starts to knock on that door and you're not able to, 20 in a game isn't really feasible, you know, anymore. Now, I don't, I don't know how much tread is left on that particular tire, but then it comes down to what the organization is going to do with the young pieces, what they can do in terms of bringing in more people who may be ready to win. We talk about that equation all the time, right? Like you have to have those young, fresh legs, but you have also have to have people that have been through enough of the experience of the NBA grind and the playoffs to really produce when when, when that time comes. So that becomes an organizational question as much as a, as, as a player being able to sustain a question. But I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I, th- I think they could be here for a couple of years. Yeah. I think they're here for a good time, not a long time good time yeah i mean I, I i think you've got a window of time you got a three four year window where you can be a, a solid team with with kind of the, the 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 nuts and
1: bolts of this group thoughts there from logan murdoch and the last voice you heard Raja bell longtime long nba veteran on the real ones one of my favorite nba podcasts through the ringer you can find them on The Ringer, uh, wherever you get your podcast. But yeah, I like that podcast. I like what uh, Logan Murdoch and uh, Rajavel Bell talked about. Hmm. So are the Bulls really contenders or not? Yes, they are contenders. But we have to know something that's real about the Eastern Conference and what's going on with this Bulls team. So... With the bulls being thirty nine and twenty four, as I mentioned, it's a team that is in contention, but there are teams with star power, and that's the difference, right? The Bulls can be completely healthy and be in the same spot top the central division, one game ahead of Milwaukee, but you know one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference at the same time. So I want to just point out the standings right now because as we record this, I look at the Miami Heat that the Bulls lost to and then the Philadelphia 76ers um, that the Bulls will be playing very soon again. And now the Bulls are tied for second with the 76ers. This is March and they get another full month plus to be able to get through the regular season. So for a lot of these teams, it's about trying to find health and trying to get themselves in a position to contend. Could you imagine the Bulls? Taking on Cleveland in their first round matchup. Everything in it today, we're talking about Heat, Nets, oh man, for our first round matchup. 76ers, Raptors, Bulls, Cavs, Bucks, and Celtics. Of course, the play-in game is still a factor with uh, Brooke, with uh, Charlotte and Atlanta, because they're 9-10 and 10 in the East, but just the idea that the Bulls, and I've been saying this to you for a long time, the Bulls are going to be able to get into the playoffs and make some noise. At that first round matchup, was against uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the way the Bulls have been playing as of late, that just won't work, right? Out uh, of the top six teams in the East, the Bulls have the, the worst differential, where the Bulls are giving up 110 points a game, 110.8 points a game, even though they're scoring 112. But giving up 110 points, that's a lot. That's more than the Heat, that's more than the 76ers, that's more than the Celtics, that's more than the Cavs. Yeah, you know, and, and the Bucks are right there. By the way, where the Bulls are as far as giving up points, but um, the the Bulls are just plus one point seven in the differential and a three game losing streak, six and four in their last ten. Now, they're not the only team struggling though. I want to make sure that's clear. I mean, here the the Warriors are three and seven in their last ten, but they're not bitching about not having Draymond Green. Uh, the Suns are maintaining eight and two in their last ten. This is without uh, Chris Paul since the All Star break. Devin Booker was out, and the Phoenix Suns still won the ball game the other night. And so every team is dealing with something. And so it's up to the Bulls to be able to make some stops in key areas. They have enough scoring. I said this before the trade deadline. The Bulls and scoring is fine. They have enough but it's just about being able to play together. And when you get the added pieces, again, you roll the dice and see. But one thing for sure, if a completely healthy Bulls, does not necessarily mean the best team in the East? I think that's very clear. Now to the announcement, because we're going to hear from Travis Wacker from our station ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He's a huge Bucks fan. The Bucks are the NBA champions, so we we'll look forward to hearing from Travis getting his thoughts on the matchup. Grayson Allen, that bastard. Who put House Caruso out from six to eight weeks? Uh, he's coming back to take on the Bulls. How the Bulls handle it? <laughs> like, if, if the Bulls have a brouhaha, some kind of fight with Caruso with uh, with Grayson Allen, I'll come back on here again and do just a fresh emergency podcast just to talk about that fight uh, if it does occur. We'll see. But I have a big announcement. Here's the announcement. Okay, for you NBA fans, for you Bulls fans. Saturday, March 12th, Saturday, March 12th, for the first time in a while, ESPN 1000, our flagship station, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, will have an NBA show on every Saturday at 1 p.m. Central Time, hosted by Chris Black and yours truly. That's right. It's the first time that I've said it out loud and I'm telling you on the podcast. So I'm going to check your loyalty and see how far into this podcast you are to see if you've heard the breaking news here. Indeed, that we will have a Bulls slash NBA show and I will host with Chris Black starting at 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time every Saturday called Fast Break. Chris and I, as you well know If you listen to this podcast over the years You know that Chris and I have worked together Doing uh, Bulls post games together We've done Chicago Bulls weekly together uh, And he always gives expertise You know, we did a podcast A a regular NBA podcast for a long time For the love of the pod So if you're a long time listener You know that Chris and I have the the connectivity and the ability to be able to do an NBA show. He was just a guest during the all-star break where we broke down the, the Eastern and Western conference and some of the storylines around the NBA. So now it's happening. Danny Zerman says, you guys are always talking to NBA. You guys are always texting each other NBA. So here we go. March 12th, fast break. That's the name of the show. One to three central on ESPN with Dallas, and also the ESPN Chicago app. That's where you can hear the show, okay, every Saturday. So if you listen to this podcast and you're looking for fresh NBA content, Chris and I will give it to you starting on March 12th. It's not even out yet. This is the first time that I've uttered it. I don't even think Chris has mentioned on his show with uh, Adam Abdallah, but I'm telling you now, that's the show, all right? Travis Wacker will be our guest now from our station here at ESPN 1000. We'll get his thoughts about the Bulls and Bucks matchup on Friday night and look ahead to some of the storylines around the East right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Travis Wacker from our office at ESPN One Thousand, the Milwaukee Bucks superfan. The Bucks are the NBA champions. Can they stay on top? It's already been an interesting season in the NBA as we grade for the Bulls and the Bucks on Friday night. And we talked to Travis Wacker right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Hello, Travis. Hey, how are we doing? Oh, we're doing fine. I don't know how Bulls fans are feeling, but uh, <laughs> we're doing fine. Uh, before we delve. Into the uh, the game of the century with the Bulls and the Bucks. I just want to get your thoughts about what you've seen so far from the Bucks. We saw this week, as we record this in the week of the fourth, uh, a thrilling game against the Heat, a really solid game against the Hornets. Net 76ers also were measuring stick games. So, what do you think of the Bucks as of late? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, going into
4: break, you had their game against the Sixers and obviously drop that one, so not the way teams typically would like to go into a long break like that, and then coming out of, you know, having the week off, um, I think they put up a, a good effort against Brooklyn, um, it was really a game of runs, um, the energy in Pfizer was great, getting an all-time game from Bobby Portis, um, so I think, you know, there was a little bit of rust in that Brooklyn game. Um, just a three-point So Charlotte was really that—that get-right win, um, controlled the game. Um, everybody had really solid nights. So and then they took that, went into the Miami game, and really, really stole that game from the Heat. Um, you know, Giannis missing a layup in the closing seconds, and then uh, West Matthews tipping a pass from Hero and getting in the steal, and um, the Bucks ultimately able to pulling that one off, I think was really a, more of a statement for them, mm-hmm. like making those championship
1: plays down the stretch, um, obviously aside from a missed layup at the rim. But, uh, yeah, I think those were huge, and um, I, I'm expecting the Bucks to carry that momentum now into tonight's matchup at the United Center. Well, I know one thing. I hope that you were wearing dark pants in that game against the Heat because you didn't look, you didn't look, to, you looked uh, a little concerned uh, as I saw you the next day. Because I said, "Oh, this," I said, "That was like the playoffs, man." Don't you want to play them seven times? And you told me, "No, you don't want to play the Heat seven times." That scared the that scared the hell out of you, didn't it? Man, there are there are really two teams that
3: are always a thorn in our side and it's the Heat and it's the Raptors. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it
4: is about those two teams, um, but they always seem to have our number. And I would much rather avoid them if we can.
1: Well, as far as the Heat is concerned, I was saying this to Cap going into that game against Miami. I said, you want to find out how good the Bulls are? Take on a team that's already beaten you several times in the Heat where they're so disciplined defensively. Um, and that you have three guys in the lineup, starting with P.J. Tucker, with, with Jimmy yeah. Butler, um, and, and you look at out of bio. Those three guys can defend all five positions well. They're so tied yeah. together. And then from there, just the, the penchant to be able to knock down the three at the key moments, right? In that game against the Bucks, they shot 47% from three. 21 they hit 21 three-point shots um that was like a playoff game that i'd love to see if that's the matchup but i mean the heat and i would agree with um I would agree with some that say that the Heat are the quote unquote best team, right? As far as being together, you know, well coached. They're not probably, they're more than likely won't win the East. But the point is, though, is that the way they're coached and the way they give the extra hustle plays, the way they knock down the three, I mean, they're going to be the toughest of tough outs in the East. Yeah. I mean,
4: every matchup in the first round in the East this year is. there'd be many kick walks um, through this first round or really any of the rounds in the East. Whereas in years past, you might have like one or two series that you really expect like a team
1: to kind of take a series in four. Um, I don't know if we're going to see any series, but I'm expecting, expecting all the series to go at least five games, if not six and seven. So it's uh, it's going to make for a very interesting playoffs in the East. Okay, so you told me, you gave me your breakdown of the Bucks. You're getting healthier. What and We know what Giannis brings. What do you think Bobby Portis has brought to the team? Does he feel different this year than last?
4: Yeah, I think, you know,
1: Bobby is like that big
4: energy guy, right? And whenever he hits one of those signature Bobby threes, um, five serve goes nuts. And I think the team really feeds off that energy. So he's like our energy guy, right, in terms of making a play that can really kind of change the atmosphere in the arena, um, at least for home games, right? And so then you kind of look down the roster a little bit and you see Brook Lopez, who's played in one game this season and is finally starting to get back out on practice court and getting Brooke back is just going to change like the makeup of the team. It's going to both on offense and defense. So to me, Brooke Lopez is the determining factor for us mm-hmm. going forward. Uh, we know what we're going to get from Bobby um, and everybody else on the roster. So You know, Bobby brings that
1: energy, but Brooke really changes, like, the makeup of the team. What is this this text chain that uh, Black and I are on with you, and you're giving us this Giannis talk for MVP? You know that's not how the league works. He's got his MVPs. That doesn't work that way. Hey, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean,
4: what he's doing, and I get, like, you know, you get the voter fatigue, and everything. I'm just saying that, you know, people like to really, you know, focus in on Embiid and Jokic as really the two primary MVP candidates. Mm-hmm. But you can't discount what Giannis is doing and I guess I shouldn't say discount mm-hmm.
1: I mean, like I'm discounting what he's doing. But I think they are overlooking what he's doing and not really taking it into as much consideration as they should when it comes to MVP talks this year. Well, I mean, yes, will he be an MVP candidate for sure. You take Giannis off the Bucks and you're in the play in game. Right? That's yeah. pretty that's pretty clear, that's right. right? Okay. I mean I yeah. mean and but it's so funny because you know you take him beat off now that, that Harden is there, again another team that possibly will be in the playoffs, possibly and then with Jokic you know, it, Jokic has been very solid. I just think that it's unfortunate that the voters don't look at it the way we look at it objectively. Now, look, you're a Bucks fan, but you're also talking about Giannis being the, one of the top players in the NBA. If a guy is the best yeah. player in the NBA, the most valuable to their team, if it's six times in a row, if it's seven times in a row, don't I mean, what are you going to do? Stop watching the NBA because a guy wins multiple times? I mean, it's if he's right. the best, he's the most valuable, and he's the most valuable. Period. Right. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's
4: been the most valuable on any team he's... Ever mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Turner was the most valuable on any team, Kobe. Like, um, so, yeah, I mean, you can't overlook him just because
1: he's won the award two times before. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still having a great season and still finds a way to improve his game year after year after year. Okay, so does Grayson Allen need extra security... Into this game against the Bulls tonight, <laughs> um, I think he's getting that security in the form of Bobby Portis this evening. So I, th- you know, I'm expecting a chippy game on some fronts. So
4: we'll see what plays out on the court. I know Tristan Thompson has his little words that he said yesterday, um, but we'll see how it plays out and. You know, from all indications, Bobby Portis is going to have his back. So,
1: what is your objective viewpoint on the Bulls so far this season? Um, they're a good story. Obviously, have had really good, you know, stretches of games this season.
4: And DeMar having, you know, an all time, um, performance over um, a few games is something that. You know, who knows if we'll ever see that again. So, they've had really good moments. Um, Obviously, two huge injuries to their team, and they've been dealing with stuff throughout the entire season, not only injuries, but also COVID illnesses with players. So, you know, what we've seen from the Bulls so far isn't necessarily what they're going to be going forward once Caruso and Ball come back. So... Yeah, I kind of put them in that same bucket as the Bucks, where like they've done well during the season so far, but we haven't seen their full potential because neither team
1: has really been fully healthy at all this season. That's, so. Yeah, that's true. I I, um, I I find it fascinating. Some of the, the there are Bulls fans on my Twitter and Instagram saying that they're afraid that they'll that the Bulls are going to drop down to where the Nets are right now, the eighth spot. Because the Nets coming into this is 10 games behind Miami uh, in the East. The Bulls are at two and a half, tied with the 76ers. Just like, look, look, look there are no excuses. They're, I mean, the whole league has has injuries or guys that are banged up. And I, I just don't like the narrative because it, becomes, it sounds like um, a whiny-ass excuse when you talk about Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Yeah, are the Bulls better when Lonzo's there? I would say a tick a, a tick better. Because he's very good defensively. He's worked on it. He's worked on being a better uh, perimeter defender, and he's very good from three. There's no doubt. But again, there are teams that are still in contention, being with injuries, just trying to hang on until the playoffs start. So the idea that the Bulls needed Lonzo Ball to beat the Hawks the other night, no, I don't don't agree with that. Like, the Bulls have enough scoring to win. They don't have enough defense to win on a regular basis, and that's the problem. Yeah,
4: yeah, I would Agree with that. I mean, you look at the top six seeds in the East, and the Bulls have the lowest point differential. So, you know, at, at a certain point, that's going to catch up with them. I mean, you look at the matchup tonight, and the Bucks have, on any given night, they can go for 120, 130. I and mean, that's just kind of what teams expect from them now. So, and the Bulls, being the team giving up nearly 111 points a game, um, this isn't going to bode well for them. I mean, you look at the top seven seeds in the East, and they're giving up the most points per game. Um, so, at, yeah, at a certain point, that's going to catch up with you. You're going to run into these offensive teams like Philly, like Brooklyn, like Milwaukee, and it's going to become a shootout, and, I mean, the as good of an offense as the Bulls have, it's not enough to keep up with um, some of these really offensive teams.
1: Well, my friend, I want to check in with you and find out what you thought because this is going to be, you know, epic from the Bulls standpoint. They're going to be going after Grayson Allen. I'm just, telling, that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's,
4: yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great matchup made for national TV love that it's on the mothership tonight at 6 30 central um i will be
1: locked in for this one you just want to see the bulls embarrassed on esp and that's what you want you want to see them uh, get under you that you want them to be the fourth seed the bucks moving their way up i mean i wouldn't be upset at that <laughs> i understand that Yes. <laughs> I, I I understand that So I, like If we just went one to, one to eight Right And this is why This yeah. You know When we look at One to eight Before we even talk about The playoff game With the a Playoff play in game With the Hornets Hawks And possibly the Wizards One eight okay. If your first round matchup If it stayed This way with Heat and Nets Oh my god Oh my god That's an all time First round series So then you go Heat Nets 76ers Raptors Bulls Cavs Now I've been the one that's been pounding my chest Since November saying The Bulls have a good enough personnel to get out of the first round If it's Cleveland And they go small like they normally do That's not as easy as I think It could be against the Cavs yes, and that, That's no cakewalk In the first agree. round I could be wrong about that right
4: No I mean I would agree you know what we're seeing Out of Evan Mobley And Darius Garland this year in Collins. Texton, like, that's a really good team that, you know, some people didn't expect to be this good this year, me being one of them. Um, but they're definitely a team that will give anybody
1: uh, fits in the first round. And then, of course, Bucks Celtics, and you should be worried because here come the Celtics now. They were dead in the water, out, done, and look at them now. Look at them. They're pretty good now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. They're one
4: of those teams that kind of sputtered along, and now finally found their footing. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not going to be an easy first round matchup
1: in the East this year. All right, Travis, what would you rather have? Would you rather have Lamelo Ball in the playoffs, or would you rather have Trey Young in the playoffs again? Because oh. um, that's your nine and ten right now in the East. Yeah. I
4: mean, are you talking from like a matchup or from a league
1: looking at like which star player would we rather have? The latter. Um, yeah, give me Charlotte. Okay, you like you want to see Lamelo Ball on that stage in I, the playoffs? I, yeah, I mean, I want to see him get a chance to
4: prove himself.
1: We've seen what
4: Trey Young can do in the postseason already, so. Um, I'd like to see what
1: Lamelo Ball does on the NBA's biggest stage. Yeah, I think that will be interesting. Like, it's not, this is no shot at Trey Young. This 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 Hawks team has sure. struggled with injuries. It just, yeah. it just it just has not been the the kind of momentum they had last year, knocking the Knicks out, and just like they haven't had that same juice in the league like they did last year, right? Yeah, I would a hundred percent agree with that statement. Yes, yeah, so I, I I just think it's intriguing because it's so fluid, right? Is the the East is not the weakest anymore. It isn't because it's no. it's fascinating because of what the Nets could be. And again, we don't know when Ben Simmons is returned. I have no idea what's going on with that. I did see the Nets the other night, and it's just Durant and others. And there's no Joe Harris. He's out for the yeah. year, so that's just tough right now, right? Like Steve Nash isn't around, so I don't. I don't know what the Nets are going to be, but if that's the one eight, they're still going to be tough because it's it's Durant and the other is against the Heat. I just think that's pretty good. Yeah, totally. And
4: I mean, the the Joe Harris injury for them hurts obviously a ton. Um, but you know they did bring in Seth Curry in that trade. They did sign Goran Drakic. so you're going to have some perimeter shooting there. Um, to compliment, you know, whoever else they have on the court. So that'll help. But if you could have had Joe Harris out there
1: with the other two, um, that would have been huge. So, so I, I'm thinking that, you know, and you, you, you said you had concerns about the Raptors and definitely uh, that Miami Heat outfit. So just based on this Bucks team, if the Bucks don't win the East, and if they have a problem with Philly or whatever, and they can't come out of the East, so you're firing Budenholzer, right? No. What do you mean no? He should have been fired last year (laughs) after the championship. (laughs) He looked fired. I told you that. He looked fired. He was looking to try to fight. He's on the stage, right? The happiest moment. You got tears in your eyes. You're out there. You're happy. You got the tattoo. You're happy for your bucks. And Boothos is looking around like, when's the next practice? are we practicing in the morning like you won the championship you goof don't you enjoy the moment he looked fired after the championship
4: the the only thing that concerns me about that is that sounds like tits
1: (laughs) i mean you saw him he didn't look happy where was the smile he didn't look happy it's called never settling never being satisfied Oh, for God's sakes! Crack a smile, have some fun with it. For God's sakes, you won the championship. Because yeah, uh, it was it was such a slippery slope until you got into the finals. That who who knows? This could have been a Doc Rivers situation. It's like you know what? You're just not good enough. We need somebody else. Budenholzer. So as Travis is reporting to us now, if the Bucks don't win the championship, if they at least they don't get out of the East, Bootenhauser is fired. That's the report we have right now. Travis wants him out. Well, it's good to know. No
4: got bring Bud back. Bring him back. He brought us a ring. Oh, um, oh my gets, God! He gets some more shots at it.
1: Oh my God! He brought you. A, he brought you a ring. You sure about that? Well, he helped. I mean, we know the the ultimate piece that put us
4: over the top was Drew Holiday. That's right. Um, but Bud's the coach, he gets a few more shots at this thing.
1: Okay. I just want him to enjoy life first, for God's sake. Just enjoy it, man. You got a great team here. I mean, you're the champs. Walk around man. This, I'll tell you what, if this Eric Spoolster, the hair slicked back, he's he'd will be he'd be tan and just and but who knows there looks like he's just been hanging out in Kenosha all year. I mean, for God's sake, have some fun. He's been spending a lot of
4: time at Marcy's Castle Well,
1: that's good to know Well, we'll we'll see what happens here tonight With the uh, Bulls and the Bucks Travis, thank you, my friend Thanks for having me Ah, yes, Travis Wacker From our station at ESPN 1000 Had a little technical glitch here and there Only because, you know We're on Skype trying to do the interview And Wi-Fi and all that But I'm glad that you stopped by Thanks for listening to the podcast. And don't forget, starting on the twelfth of March, it is fast break. Chris Black and I will be with you every Saturday at one p.m. Breaking down the best in the Bulls and NBA conversation that you'll find right here on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN One Thousand. Thanks so much, and don't forget, people. Jonathan Hood, talking basketball with you. You can find this on the ESPN Chicago app, wherever you down your find your podcast. Look for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Oh god.